Scripture reading tonight is from Titus chapter 2, verse 1. You, however, must not have an electronic Bible. (laughs) Electronic Bibles are very deceptive. (laughs) But rather, here is the actual reading. You, however, must teach what is appropriate to sound doctrine. That's much safer. One of the signature things we want North Mac to be known about is a church that helps support and train young men who want to go into the ministry, and especially those who wish to be gospel preachers. And we do that a couple of ways in our training uh, with our annual preachers training camp that I think is on our 12th or 13th year held each summer and also through financial support for young men who who wish to go to preaching schools such as the Bear Valley uh, School of Preaching, the Bear Valley Bible Institute. And what a generous, generous congregation this is. I know many of you individually support over the past 10 years young men from North MacArthur and, and other places who have went on to preaching schools. But also, we felt it important to include that in our budget the past few years to help young men that we feel and have some trust in that they're going to do the Lord's work and be committed to a preaching school. Our speaker tonight is one of those young men, Austin Greer. Austin Greer is from Shakota, Oklahoma, and we became acquainted with Austin through the preacher's training camp. He attended a couple of our preacher training camps. And then when he uh, came out to attend Oklahoma Christian his freshman year, he committed himself being a member here, a faithful member here at North MacArthur. And we've kind of adopted Austin. Austin decided after one year of OC, he wanted to go go, uh, prepare at the Bear Valley School of Preaching. He's been there a year and a half. He'll be starting his last semester and will be graduating in the spring. And uh, a lot of, uh, Austin hadn't been here in about a year, and some some big changes have taken place. Uh, Austin was recently married uh, just uh, before the end of the calendar year to a young lady named Hayden, a beautiful young lady who's here tonight somewhere. I know she's here somewhere. Hayden's here. And uh, right right there. Raise your hand there, Hayden. And so we are thrilled to have both Austin and Hayden here And uh, I want to give it back to Austin. Austin, come preach the word. All right. It's good to be back here. It's been about a year. So I remember my first quarter at school. uh, I had homiletics one with uh, Neil Pollard. He's the preacher at Bear Valley Bible, uh, Bear Valley Church of Christ, excuse me, instructor at Bear Valley Bible Institute. And He wanted us to kind of talk about um, some of the speakers in the lectureship that we just had. And we talked about some positives that they did and some negatives. And when we started talking about negatives, uh, he asked uh, for the student's remark. And I shot my hand up and I said, well, the main thing with these 
uh, preachers is they would spend 10, 15 minutes talking about how thankful they are to have this opportunity. And I said, we know you're thankful. Just preach. Well, I'm going to kind of go against my word for just a second. But it's not going to be for 15 minutes, so that's the difference there. But I kind of just wanted to say thank you. This this congregation has been a huge help for me, uh, both uh, financially and I've received encouragement from various members when things have been tough at Bear Valley. And I'm in- extremely grateful for everything you guys have done. And the investment that you're making in me is in my opinion, is really paying off because I feel as though my world has changed in the past year and a half. And I'm just curious how much more it's going to change in this last semester. So thank you guys so much for all that you do. And please continue to keep uh, me and Hayden in your prayers as we tackle this last semester. What does a healthy faith look like? I want you to imagine that you have a child. Many of you already have children, so there's really no imagining in that. But you have a child, and for the first few years of that child's life, you give it the proper nutrients. You give it the kind of food that it needs to have, and this child makes progress. It grows, and it continues to become healthy. And then, I don't think uh, ladies are able to do this. Um, I think they're too smart to do this, but perhaps your husband comes up with the idea that, you know what, it'll be great if we just feed the baby Skittles as its only uh, source of food for a year. So all it has is Skittles. So we have a healthy baby at the very beginning of the year. What's that baby going to look like at the end of the year? Not going to be very healthy, is it? We can look at people and we can see how healthy or unhealthy they are. In fact, we may look at what people looked like a few years ago, and then later on down the line, we can tell if they are still healthy or if they're unhealthy. Well, we can kind of do that with our faith as well. We can uh, look at people that we know really well, and maybe they were baptized at a young age, and we can see their progress But if there has not been any progress, we can see that too. And when we look at Titus chapter 2, as the scripture reading was, 2 verse 1, and we go through verse 8, we see what a healthy faith looks like. And when we see uh, Titus chapter 2 verse 1, we see a contrast. And he was instructed... Uh, Paul was instructing Titus to teach things that are fitting to sound doctrine. And another word for sound can be healthy. He was telling them to teach things that are healthy doctrine. Why? Because when we look at chapter 1, verse number 10, Paul talks about these deceivers um, and <clears throat> that were apparently in Crete where Titus was. And these deceivers were causing troubles, and they were not teaching things that are healthy doctrine. And these deceivers did not have a healthy faith. So we saw in chapter 1, verses 10 through 16, what an unhealthy faith looks like. And then chapter 2, verses 1 through 8, we're going to see what a healthy faith does look like. And what I want everyone to understand is that every Christian can have a healthy faith. 
It doesn't matter how old or young you are. It doesn't matter. You can have a healthy faith. But what does that look like? If you're like me, you like to see examples of things. Well, we're going to see four perspectives of a healthy faith this evening. Four perspectives of a healthy faith. The, for, the first perspective of a healthy faith we see is the faith of older men. Notice Titus 2, verse 2. It says, Older men are to be temperate, dignified, sensible, sound in faith, in love, and perseverance. So we're talking about a healthy faith in the perspective of older men. And the idea of older men is a man that is mature both in his faith and its chronological age. This is a mature, healthy, and faith man. So what, what does that look like? Well, first off, he's temperate. What's the idea of temperate? Certainly, there's an element of self-control in it. And the idea here is this man is serious about things that he should be serious about. And we also see that this man is dignified. And dignifies the idea of being worthy of honor and respect. And you see, this man was not just given honor and respect. Nobody is ever given honor and respect. By his actions, by the way he conducted himself, this is a man that lived the Christian life. And because he lived that kind of lifestyle... He was one that earned respect and honor. In other words, he earned his stripes. And we also see that this man is sensible. Pay close attention to this word. Because in these eight verses that we're going to be looking at this evening, this word's going to appear at least three times. And this is a major theme in the book. The idea of being sensible. And sensible, again, carries the idea of self-control but it also carries the idea of thoughtfulness. So this is a man that thinks about how his actions will impact other people. And that's kind of a quality that lacks sometimes, isn't it? The idea of thinking of others before self. But the man with the healthy faith thinks about others before himself. And then we see that this man is sound in faith and love, and perseverance. Or in other words, he's healthy in faith, love, and perseverance. And so, as we're making the point about a healthy faith, a healthy faith is a faith that continues to grow. And this man has a faith that continues to grow. He doesn't think he's arrived. He doesn't think he's there just because he's been a Christian for 25 years. He sees that he needs to continue to grow, and he continues to make the effort to grow his faith. But we also see he continues to grow in love. And what it seems to be in this passage is that as his faith grows, he sees people the way Jesus sees them, as souls, as people that are precious, and that causes his love to continue to grow. And we also see that He's sound in perseverance. And the idea of perseverance is being able to hold out in times of difficulty. So there's an element of patience here. And there's an element of endurance here. 
And what it's what it seems to be is first we have faith. Your faith continues to grow. And as your faith continues to grow, your your love continues to grow. You start seeing people the way God sees them. But if you're seeing people the way God sees them and you're growing in your love, you're also going to be growing in your perseverance. You're going to be more patient with them. And you're going to be able to deal with more because your love continues to grow. So it seems as though one leads to the other. And this is what a healthy faith looks like. You know, I know a preacher. He's actually from my home congregation. He mentored me uh, from the time I was interested in preaching and ministry. And the previous work he had, he was with a congregation that was not very appreciative of him. In fact, there was one man at this congregation that decided to write a 10-page paper of everything he hated about the preacher. Talk about discouragement. And as you know, this man's still preaching, so that was basically a a lot of wasted ink. But this preacher, I I want you to think about this. Imagine someone wrote a 10-page paper about everything they hated about you. It takes a lot of hatred in one's heart to do that. How would you respond? This man responded in patience and love, and he tried to work it out. And I think that's a healthy faith. So, older men, we have our image of a healthy faith. Imagine as if it's like a portrait. Here's what it is. You've got to ask yourself, do you match up to that? Are you one that is serious about your children and the kind of faith that they have? It was beautiful just a little bit ago to see these children um, remembering certain scripture references and being able to sing songs about all the books of the Bible. That was wonderful. Older men, are you raising your children that way? Because that's something to be serious about. Or are you serious about your own faith? Are you serious about helping your wife continue to grow in her faith? Are you someone that lives the right kind of lifestyle? And because you live the right lifestyle, you're worthy of respect. Is your faith healthy? And man, this is going to require self-examination. Self-examination is tough. It is very, very tough. And it's something I've gone through at Bear Valley and... It's, it's been very difficult, but don't let it discourage you because every Christian can get here. We have the image of a healthy faith of older men. And men, I want to encourage you to continue to strive for this. Remember this passage and continue to work for this faith. Work towards having a healthy faith. The second perspective of a healthy faith is the faith of older women. Notice Titus 2, verse 3. It says, Older women, likewise, are to be reverent in their behavior, not malicious gossips, nor enslaved to much wine, teaching what is good. So now we move to older women. And like older men, older women, of course, are mature in their spirituality, and they are mature chronologically. And so what is a healthy faith from the perspective of, of older women. 
Well, they are reverent in their behavior. And you see, the idea of being reverent in your behavior is you have a behavior that is pure. You have a behavior that's pure. But we have a contrast here. It says, not malicious gossips, nor enslaved to much wine. So what that immediate tells us, right off the base, without even talking about malicious gossips or enslaved to much wine, is that, that those two qualities are not a pure behavior. But what are they? Malicious gossips is the idea of slandering people. And gossip is a horrible thing. It will tear congregations down. It will tear down other people's faith, and it will tear down your faith. Gossip has that kind of damage. You know, I spoke with a brother that travels all around America, visiting churches, going to various lectureships, going to various gospel meetings and things of the like. And I had lunch with him, and I asked him, what, what's an issue you see in the church in America? And his answer was gossip. Gossip is so dangerous and it is so harmful. And it's not a pure behavior and it's not the will of God. And ladies, your behavior is extremely powerful. Your conduct and your behavior can help people grow in their faithfulness or it can destroy them. That's the kind of power you all have. But we also see that a pure behavior is not enslaved to much wine. And you see, the idea of being enslaved to much wine is that the wine is in control of your life. And what we're going to see that's very repetitive in terms of a healthy faith from a broad perspective is self-control is necessary. But if you're enslaved to much wine, where's the self-control? It's not present. And so this... The uh, woman, an older woman with a healthy faith, is not enslaved to much wine. She has self-control in her. And then we also see that she teaches what is good. And when you look at the following verses in Titus chapter 2, there's qualities that are mentioned that uh, exemplify a healthy faith, certainly. But those are things that they are to teach to the younger generation. You know, and I think of passages like 1 Peter chapter 3, verse number 1, where, where uh, Peter talks about how um, women are to be subject to their husbands, and that if their husbands are unfaithful to the word, by their behavior, by their conduct, they can lead that man back to the Lord. Your, your behavior is so powerful. And so, ladies, you've got to ask yourself, do I have a pure behavior. And um, if you're like anyone else, perhaps in some cases you might, and perhaps in some cases you need improvement. But we have our image here. This is what you look at. And ladies, I don't want you to be discouraged at all. You know, I I didn't come here to discourage anyone. I came here to encourage you and to build you up and hopefully help you understand what a healthy faith looks like so you can strive for it. And ladies, it might help if you write this scripture down and remind yourself of it every day. After all, later on in Titus, uh, Paul's going to talk about reminding uh, the church there. And in fact, uh, in Second Peter chapter 1, Peter talks about 
um, how he wrote to remind them. It's good for reminder that we should have a pure behavior and that we should have some self-control and not be enslaved to anything and how we need to watch our words and make sure that we don't cause damage to other people's faith, but instead we build them up. So this is the perspective of a healthy faith, the faith of older women. Our third perspective of a healthy faith is the faith of younger women. Notice chapter 2, verses 4 and 5. It says this, So that they, being the older women, may encourage the young women to love their husbands, to love their children, to be sensible, pure, workers at home, kind, being subject to their own husbands, so that the word of God will not be dishonored. So now we're talking about younger women. And I think it's fair to say that all the qualities listed as a healthy faith for younger women will also apply to older women because the older women are supposed to teach these things. Well, how can you teach them if you're not practicing them? You can't. And so... So some of these qualities would include um, how they should love their husbands and to love their children. And so this is a quality that's so very important, and sometimes I fear that it's neglected. To love your husbands and to have affection for your husbands and to love your children, to be the kind of mother that you need to be. In younger women, this is something that's taught to you, or rather it should be, from a faithful older woman. And this is also something that God expects out of ladies. And certainly he expects men to love their wives and to love their children, be the kind of father that they should be. But a young woman that has a healthy faith does this. And we also see that these ladies are sensible. There's the second time that this is mentioned. The idea of being thoughtful, considerate. The idea of having self-control. And we also see um, that these ladies are pure. And the idea of being pure is, of course, being holy, of course. But this is a lady that is able to be used by God in His service. And certainly, as we mentioned about older women, a a lady that's young, that has the right kind of behavior, can be used by God to further his cause. And we also see <coughs> that in addition to be pure, they are workers at home. And of course, it doesn't seem as though this means that the husbands can come home and that they can just be lazy bums and kick their feet up. It doesn't seem to mean that. It seems to mean that when it comes to the home, Ladies can't be lazy, but they should, they should work. Of course, men, that doesn't give you an escape card to not help your wife clean the house, but it seems as though God wants a good worker, and um, a lady with a healthy faith is a good worker. And also, <clears throat> we see that they are to be kind, and that's kind of self-explanatory, and 
And when we think about healthy faith, kindness is a big part of that. And when we also look at um, <coughs> how they're to be subject to their own husbands, and this is something that ladies with a healthy faith does. They're subject to their husbands. And so ultimately, what, what's, the, what's the point of all this? I know we're talking about healthy faith, but why does Paul feel it necessary to make this big list of qualities for these younger women? Because when a younger woman has a healthy faith, has a faith that's pleasing to the Lord, it, it brings honor to the Word of God. But that also means that the opposite is true. And so, younger ladies, does your conduct, the way you behave, does it bring honor to the Lord? Does the kind of faith you have bring honor to the word of the Lord? Because if you're not bringing honor to the word of the Lord, then the exact opposite is happening. You're not honoring God. And I don't think anyone here wants to be guilty of that. And everyone needs to ask ourselves, is the way we behave and the kind of faith that we have, does it bring honor to God or is the opposite true? This is a healthy faith from the perspective of younger women. And then fourth, we have the perspective of a healthy faith, the faith of younger men. First notice verse number six. Likewise, we urge the young urge the young men to be sensible. So we notice the word urge, the idea of pleading, begging. To young men, be sensible. Please be sensible. That's the third time it's used in this text that we're looking at. And I can speak as a young, younger man. I'm 21 years old. I am not as sensible as I should be. And I say that to my shame. Many times in my life have I found that I'm not nearly as thoughtful or considerate as other people. And it's caused damage to relationships that I've previously had. You know, it's caused, it's put my parents in bad positions. I mean, even with my new wife, there's been times where I haven't been as thoughtful of her as I should have been. And so this is something that I really, really struggle with. And I'm sure a lot of young men struggle with it too. In fact, I think the, I think uh, if it wasn't really a struggle, I'm not sure if it would have been written in the holy passages. But it's here, and it's a struggle that I have, and it's a struggle that other young men have too. And I have a feeling that maybe... It's not just the young men that struggle with this, of being thoughtful, because we live in a society where it's all about me. But that's not what a healthy faith is. And in verses 7 and 8, Paul is kind of giving instruction to Titus, but Titus is a young man. He's a young preacher. And when I've looked at this, these uh, qualities... Now, I've examined them. They shouldn't just be qualities of young preachers. They should be qualities of young men that have a healthy faith. So, although uh, the instruction is given to Titus, I, I believe this applies to 
all young men. So let's look at this. Verse 7 says, In all things show yourself to be an example of good deeds, with purity and doctrine, dignified, sound in speech, which is beyond reproach, so that the opponent will be put to shame, having nothing bad to say about us. So we see the idea of being an example of good deeds. And I believe being an example of good deeds will ultimately lead to being dignified, which is another quality. It will lead to having respect and honor brought to yourself. And I recognize as a young preacher, whenever I enter into the ministry, I'm going to have to earn my stripes. People aren't going to just respect me and honor me because I came from the Bear Valley Bible Institute. That's not the way it works. I'm going to have to show myself worthy of respect and honor, and I do that by demonstrating good deeds and by living the right kind of lifestyle. That's the expectation for younger men. That's the expectation for all men, is that we earn our stripes. And this is one that's purity and doctrine. As I mentioned earlier, this is a contrast to chapter 1, verses 10 through 16, where the deceivers and the false teachers were not giving purity in doctrine. That's the exact opposite of what a healthy faith does. And then we see that this is a man that is sound in speech. He's healthy in his speech. His speech doesn't tear people down. It brings people up. It encourages them to better godliness, to be the kind of faithful servant that Christ needs in his church. And oftentimes, it seems as though speech tears people down. Happens all the time. But a young man that wants a healthy faith, your speech needs to be healthy. And it needs to build people up and not tear them down. And so, this is a speech, of course, as we mentioned with, as mentioned about reproach. So this is speech that's not blameworthy. And so, again, what is accomplished when a young man has a healthy faith? Well, the opponents don't have a leverage. Those against us, those against Christianity, cannot say anything bad about us because we have such a good reputation and we're worthy of respect and honor, and our speech is right. We talk the way that we should talk. You know, I have a friend at Bear Valley. He's my age, and we've become very, very close. And you can talk to anyone. I'm sure you could talk to the meanest guy on the planet, and this guy cannot say anything bad about my friend because of the kind of things that he does. I mean, this is a guy that he will purposely drive 30 minutes to help a church feed people who are hungry. This is a guy that thinks and looks for opportunities of service. Now, young men, and even as the church as a whole, we got to ask ourselves, is our faith healthy? Do we meet these, these kind of qualities uh, that's instilled in a healthy faith? Do we do things that are good for the community? Are we people that act right? 
live the right kind of lifestyle? What about our speech? How do we talk to one another? How do we engage in one another? Do we just build people up or tear people down? What does our faith look like? And brothers and sisters, as I admitted to you, I'm not quite there yet. But you better believe I'm going to work as hard as I can to get there. And one recommendation, as I mentioned earlier, that I have and that I'm going to start practicing is maybe take a 4 by 6 card or even um, a little sticky note and write down, you can write down the entire passage if you want to. Or you can write down a certain section, like if you're an Younger man, you can write down uh, verses 6, 7, and 8. Or if you're a younger woman, you can write down verse number 4, and so on and so forth. And maybe put that on your mirror. Put that somewhere where you're going to see it every day. And I say maybe bathroom mirror because you're going to be there every morning because you have to brush your teeth every morning, you have to shower, and you have to do all those things. So you're going to see it. And remind yourself that this is what you're striving for. Because oftentimes, I think uh, preachers come here and they might preach something similar to what I just did. And and the people are like, Amen, brother. We will do it. We will strive for it. But then you get busy in a week. This even happens to preacher students. And you would think that we would keep this in mind when we're studying the Bible all day. But we get wrapped up in other studies that we forget that we're supposed to be striving to have a healthy faith. So if it can happen to us, it can happen to you in the secular world and the kinds of jobs that you work. So you got to remind yourself all the time about what a healthy faith looks like. And that's my encouragement to you. I want to remind you that this is what it is because every Christian can attain it. And so there's no excuse You can work at this, and you can have a faith that is healthy and pleasing to the Lord. But you've got to make the effort. And so, I hope and I pray that this is something that's encouraging to you. And maybe this evening, as you're looking at this text, you found that you were lacking a little bit in what a healthy faith is. And, you know, you want to work real hard, and you want to be pleasing to the Lord. Well... Of course, the Lord's invitation is always open. But at this time, it's such, it'd be such a good thing that if you realize you need prayers and you desire the prayers for it, that's what we're assembled here for, isn't it? To encourage each other and to build each other up. We can do this at this time. We can pray for you and we can continue to be praying for you and we can help you obtain a healthy faith. We can help each other obtain a healthy faith. There's anything you need at this time, come forward as we stand and sing.